You're listening to The Right to be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome everybody to the Right to be Catholic podcast where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. Today's topic is a good one. We're going to focus on how to keep our youth faithful Catholics. In the studio, I have a high school theology teacher, and we will discuss the different ways to do this. She will give us some advice, being that she is interacting with the youth on a day-to-day basis, being that she is a theology teacher. The Bible quote for the topic today comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, and it goes, Now, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. I think it's a beautiful uh, Bible quote, and it, it goes with the topic of what we're talking about today. And again, um, I'm going to introduce my guest. Her name is Alana Bahura. Alana, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Sean. I'm very excited to be here. Wonderful. I'm, I'm happy to have you. I've known Alana for a really long time. Uh, we've led Kairos retreats mm-hmm. together. I know she's involved. You do Ignite the Spirit, correct? Not you? anymore, oh, but I was in there right? for a for good a five time. years. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually, you and I have a connection. Do you want to tell we the, do. the people on, on we the do. podcast how we have the connection? My first cousin married your uncle. Unfortunately, yes, that is the case. <laughs> My uncle David is married to her cousin Rosie. They live in California. Love you guys. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love you so much. <laughs> much, right? We'll talk about them later on if we have time. So Alana and I were talking, and Alana, you were sharing your story. It's a beautiful story about why you wanted to become a theology teacher and a few of the experiences of that. You want to share that with our guests or with our listeners? Sure. Um, I've, I guess I could start by saying I just have a passion for teaching in general. And uh, since I was a young, a young girl, I've loved, I just always had like this thought of my mind of just want to be a teacher, want to help children. And it wasn't until a lot later that it was it became a theology thing. Um, but I will say, first and foremost, that I actually was an elementary school teacher for a few years first. Fifth and grade, then right? I was a fifth grade teacher, yes. Um, and I kind of transitioned, I guess you could say just God was just calling me to a different, uh, not different career, I wouldn't call it a different career, but a different path where theology was kind of the focus. So it's about, it's not just about, let's just teach children. Let's teach children about Jesus. And then I went forward into teaching high school students who are still children, but in a different way, obviously, um, about God. Uh, and a, a lot of that I think stems from the youth ministry that I was a part of mm-hmm. not, well, I was when I was a teenager. Also, when I became an adult, I was involved in the youth groups, um, at St. Thomas church and other you know, churches in the diocese and retreats and things like that. And I think that's kind of what pushed me a little bit more to, to looking at that age group of, you know, to bring people to Jesus in that age group, because that's when high school age is really when you make more of a decision to, yeah. to figure out the like, young adults. Yeah. And 
do I follow Jesus or do I not? And I always tell my students or anybody that I meet at that age, it's, it's a choice and it's a choice we make daily. I made that choice. You were actually one of my Kairos directors nice. when I went on Kairos. And I remember making that choice when I was about 16. And if I may add the, your quote, your Bible verse for today, Jeremiah 1, 4 to 8. And I remember when I was younger thinking, am I too young for this? Am I too young to love Jesus? Because usually it's our grandmas and our aunts and uncles and, you know, old, just older people loving Jesus. And this Bible verse always stuck out to me when God, you know, speaking about how, you know, you're just because you're a youth doesn't mean we're not part of who he is. We're not part of his friendship. Of course. And, and you know, I actually love you said that because... Um, I think at uh, during high school, like I, I went to Brother Rice myself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I theology was always a big part of my life, and obviously doing the right to be Catholic. You know, yeah. we love theology over here, right? Yes, um, and we love being Eastern Rite Catholics, mm -hmm. right? Me and <laughs> very specific, very specific. <laughs> we love that. So, but something that's cool during high school, what what you have, you're you're not only you're forming them and you're also adding on to what they already know. Mm -hmm. For example, they were told as a, as a younger child, you know, mm -hmm. in, their, in their infancy, their toddler and adolescence, hey, you have to love Jesus or this is it. But now, how you said, they're making their own decision. They're thinking about it. And they have people like you who are giving them those steps, giving them like, hey, this is the tools you need. This is the things you need to know to move forward, which actually leads me to... Um, the topic that I wanted to get into mm -hmm. with you. I was actually reading an article the other day and it talked about this uh, book. It was called uh, Handing Down the Faith and it was written by a guy named Dr. Christian uh, Smith. And it was actually a really good book. I was looking through it myself. So I didn't read the whole thing yet, but I read the whole article talking about what topics that they were saying, how to keep our, our youth faithful. Now this is, and he went in the book, he went into not just Christian, but you know, uh, what people of the Jewish faith mm -hmm. do and the Muslim faith to keep their youth faithful. But right now we're going to focus on Catholicism, right? Yes. One of the things he said, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense to um, all parents or guardians, whatever you want to say, but I think specifically to our community, the Chaldean mm -hmm. community, um, is showing our youth that being faithful is good and it's a fun thing, not just telling them. So like me growing up, um, I remember like our parents are a similar age mm -hmm. and they come from a time where the fear of God mm -hmm. was more than, and I'm doing air quotes, you guys can see, <laughs> but, but, but she can see them. Fear of God was more than- Like Jesus is going to be mad at you right, if, if you, you don't, don't do church. this. Yeah. As opposed to now, we know that all about God is love yeah. and you know all this stuff and he's our friend, but they weren't taught that. Mm -hmm. They were taught more like, you don't go to church, you're, you're going, going to hell. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But uh, I think also, you know, we saw them go to church, but what more was there? If we didn't see that, mm -hmm. I think nowadays us showing our children, showing the youth that, look, I'm not just telling you it, but I'm also, I'm not just talking the talk, I'm walking the walk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of that also has to do with... Um there wasn't much catechism back in the day yeah. as well, especially coming from, you know, our villages in Iraq and how usually it was people that knew about God was specifically the priests and nuns and whatnot. And yeah, you had your Sunday schools and, and whatnot, but it was more of like, oh, we just, we pray and we go to mass and, and that's it. And I think, you know, that came to America with our families, which was beautiful that we yeah. still held that to a high standard in our community. Um, but I also think that the downfall to that is, 
the lack of it's more of like a loyalty thing which is not horrible but it's also like well that what's the, where's the why why do we do this right and people are nowadays you know we are always asking where is that why what is why do we do this why does god love us does he actually or are we just gonna just go to hell if we're bad people and whatnot and and, you know, it's interesting as you were speaking, Sean, I was just thinking, I also went to Catholic school my whole life. I went to Ladywood High School. I teach nice. at Catholic Central now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, just, I teach at Catholic. I went to Brother Rice. If you guys know, there's a big rivalry yes. between the two schools and we'll let it go. It's okay. We're going to, we're going to let it go. But just so Today, we all know, CC won uh, the big football game the other day, I wasn't just throwing there that out there <laughs> against Brother Rice. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, but I also remember myself thinking, okay, so I had the catechesis, right? Going to Catholic school. My parents took me to mass, but then there was still some missing and what I realized later was that relationship so and I think that has a lot to do with the like you said modeling lot modeling right. the behavior of you know our parents you know not just oh they're good people but are they actually being Christian like do they present themselves as Christian like or are they telling us one thing and doing something different correct you know and like, we're not are, perfect are they right? standing up for what they believe like exactly. they tell us always to be faithful and stand up for what you believe and be mm -hmm. strong but are you being strong mm -hmm. right and I'm talking to the parents or guardians or even if you're not a parent you know if you're just a you have younger yeah, nieces cousins, and nephews nieces, cousins yeah. like you could be telling them all day and wearing the cross on your chest and having the tattoo on your back mm -hmm. but yeah that's awesome but are you really doing what you preach, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it, it's one thing to say, "Hey, I love Jesus," and it doesn't. And I'm gonna misquote this, but not all who say, uh, "My God, My God," mm -hmm. will enter into the kingdom exactly. of heaven, right? Yep. You can say it all day, but if you're not acting upon it, Jesus is gonna say, "Where were you when I when I needed you?" Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, especially, and you were, and you made a good point, like modeling it, right? Because the world is working 24-7 to do the total opposite exactly. to the youth. And especially now, today we have a good thing and a bad thing going for us with technology. Technology yes. <laughs> can ruin our, our youth. Oh, definitely. And they are. And at the same time, it can also help us. Like, for example, there's, um, like, you know, Podcast doing this right app. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's podcast. There's Bible in a year. Yep. You can go on the internet right now and look up any Bible quote and exactly. know everything about it and learn and watch movies. Those things didn't exist back mm -hmm. in the days. But again, I think that no matter if you're sending your kids to Catholic school or mm -hmm. not, like, I send my kids to Catholic school. Yeah. Isn't that enough? No, champ, it's not enough. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not. It's, it's not. It's not. Because How if, are we living it out at correct, home? They get they go to school, you know, a couple of days or five days a week. Uh, what eight hours a day? Mm -hmm. And they're not teaching theology eight hours a day. No, of course not. What is not. it? Forty four minutes was I remember the class like forty four minutes. Forty five minutes. Forty five <laughs> minutes of theology. The rest is it's pollution. Just, it's academic. It's straight it's pollution, <laughs> right? But I also think that, unfortunately, and you can't really take, nobody can really make this more different than it already is in the sense of um, theology class is theology class. Yeah. It's still school, right? It's, it's still a still. subject. And I, I try hard not to just make it a subject, but I think that's where the home life and what we do outside of school makes a big difference because you have that catechesis. And, you know, I can have really I can have really devout students in my class and it's still a subject to them. Right. Just because of the fact that we are in school, we're sitting for 45 minutes. So it's not enough. It's and the curriculum, right? Exactly. It's and it is. And that's it I need, is I what need it to get is. a good grade in this class. Exactly. But then, you know, when we do retreats and we go to Steubenville and we do all these other high school things in the summertime, those same students are like all about it because they they want that. They, they thirst want for they that. thirst for that. And the problem is, is a lot of times they don't see it at home. And a lot of times and, you know, if they don't see their own parents, let's just say going to mass or even going to confession, because that's a huge thing. I've had so many students over the years from 10 years old to 10th grade tell me that 
um, you know, their parents don't go to mass, so why should they? Or sorry, not ma- not just mass. I'm sorry, I meant to say confession. Confession. Yeah, right. confession. And that, I think, is a huge issue because I had 10-year-olds telling their parents, like, oh, we need to go to confession. And their parents would say, no, adults don't need to do that. And my and my, my 10-year-olds would come back, and I'm like, um, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but your mom and dad is wrong. It's, it's you know? sad, yeah, because a lot of, see... That's that's the other part. Yeah. Um. And and you were, and you were saying this the other day actually. Because I'm gonna give you the credit. You were saying the the problem also lies is the education of the parents, the parents in theology, yeah. right? Again, so, which is not necessarily their fault. Right. right. But for example, I'm a good person. I don't need to go exactly. to confession. Oh, right. Or yeah. why can't I just talk to God? Can yes. you hear me? Yeah. And we'll get that. That was a whole nother <laughs> another subject. podcast. Go yeah. Go listen to the confession podcast. I talked all about it. Right. But. Yeah. That's the problem, right? But that's right? the problem, yeah. Maybe if you are, if you don't have that education in theology, and again, it's not your fault because maybe you just never were exposed that mm-hmm. way, maybe go and get it, right? Listen to Bible in a Year. Go talk mm-hmm. to a priest. Go talk to your spiritual director, you know, wh- whoever you feel comfortable with to get those answers for your youth because I'm not going to lie to you. If you don't, and and, and uh, I'm sure a lot of you will agree, if mm-hmm. you don't show them on a day-to-day basis that being Catholic is super important and why it's good, the catechism and the and classes are not going to do it mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And then you'll end up losing then your, your your children to, I don't want to be Catholic anymore. You know, I... I I hate this saying, I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. Yes. What do you mean you were raised? So then you still, I want to, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you were baptized, right? Yeah. You're still Catholic. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. But, but yeah, but so that's one. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. what goes along with that, um, you know, and I'll say one more, one more point and then we'll go into the next, uh, part of how he was talking about to keep him faithful. Going to mass is super important in mm-hmm. adoration. But that's just one piece of it. Mm-hmm. You could be going to mass all day, and then after you leave mass, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, X, Y, yeah. and Z, and that's totally against the faith. Going gossiping and this, and mm-hmm. lying and cheating and this. But I go to mass. Mm-hmm. I know you do, mm-hmm. but your kids see everything. My boys. Mm-hmm. If I'm shaving, they shave with me. <laughs> if I'm combing my hair, Baba comb my hair. Yeah. Everything I do, they watch. Of course. You know what yeah. I mean? Like everything You're their I idol. Do. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to keep it that way for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And a father has a huge role in that, especially with their sons. Huge role. And, and I see that, you know, being at an all-boys school, it's it makes the world of a difference of how someone's father is and how much they are broken if they're, or the lack of their father you know, being there and whatnot. Well, you know, there was a study done and I, I, I believe I've mentioned it and so have uh, the other gentlemen in the, on the other podcasts that we have with ECRC mm-hmm. um, that no matter how faithful, and there's nothing towards men or women, but no mm-hmm. matter, but study was done, right? No matter how statistically. faithful. Yeah, statistically, if the father goes to mass and shows that mm-hmm. he's faithful, then the children will be more prone to go to mass and be faithful. Yes. Like just something, something as simple as this. We have a statue of the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. which is carrying Jesus. It was okay. a gift from my brother and his wife. And we have it right downstairs. Right right when you go down our stairs, it's right there like in a little like uh, place in our in downstairs, yeah. right? By okay. our door. And every morning I'll go and I'll bow in front of it. And my boys follow me and they do the same exact Aww. thing. But see, if they, if they, because they saw me do it. Yes. They don't know what it, And I tell yeah. them, do you know why you're doing this? And I explain. And them, then you teach the, them. Exactly. Yeah. And little by little. Well, that's how yeah. you're supposed to be. Yeah. So which leads me to the next part. Parents listening to this. So there's there's two ways you can go about doing this. There's the right way and the wrong way, right? The book is talking about being an authoritative parent versus being an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is this. An authoritarian, do this, that's it, done. Mm-hmm. An, authorita- an authoritative parent is one who 
tells them that, hey, listen, you got to be strict about this is important. This is the why behind it. But also show that warmth, show that love mm -hmm. towards your towards your, uh, your youth and tell them this is the why behind it. Not yes. just saying, Alana, you have to go to church. That's yeah. it. Otherwise, you're going to hell. Right. Or it's a big I said sin. It. That's yeah, it. exactly. Well, Alana, you should go to church because this is why God mm -hmm. sacrificed. And, and then what and do you the Eucharist about this? And the Eucharist. Yeah. Right. There's so many things to say why. And I think that's, and again, goes back to the issue of do, our, do the parents know why? And that's okay if they don't, like you said, right? But I think that having that understanding, if they don't know why, I think it's, I think it's very um, important for parents to tell their children, I don't know. And then, but I'm going to find out for you. That's a hundred percent. I agree yeah. with that a hundred percent. Saying something wrong hurts them more exactly. than saying, hey, that, listen, I'm going to find out. Yeah. And I think it's important for, for kids to recognize their parents are not perfect. And that's where the issue comes in with like the whole modeling thing, right? To recognize like, I'm still, I'm still trying. I love Jesus. I still go to mass, but I'm still, I'm not perfect and I'm going to fall and you're going to fall. Right. And this is how you get back up by going to confession, by praying, by doing better on a daily basis. And modeling that is, is really, really big. You know, growing up, um, I don't know. Have you ever met my, I, mean, I don't know how long David and Rosie have been married, but have you ever met my grandfather before or no? David's dad? Oh, maybe briefly. I think maybe. a long so time ago. He was a big okay. guy, six foot something, two, three, hands like gloves. You okay. know what I mean? He's okay. a huge guy. Mm -hmm. And then, but he was the most religious man I've ever met. Mm. And to see someone like him take a knee and bow in front of God, I'm like, mm. man, this big, huge guy. Yeah. And he does this and this is important to him. It made me want to be more loving to mm -hmm. God and wanting to be that because I'm like if if there's something this important is for him and look he's like a manly man and it's cool to do this mm -hmm. as a man I'm gonna do it too yeah. so men if you want to be true men men of God is showing your showing your, your humi children humility right I will take the knee and I bow yes. before God Almighty right mm -hmm. because it's important and again to your point, Alana, mm -hmm. explaining the why is super important. And again, setting those guidelines, like, listen, you guys, this is important. This is why we do this. This is why we're Catholic. This is why we have to stand up for what we believe. This is why we go to church. This is why you got to go to adoration. Mm -hmm. This is why you got to keep the commandments, not just... You're doing it and that's it. Yeah. I also think going with each other, though, is important, right? I know that growing up and I think your family is just like mine where we all go to mass together and we've always had when we were kids. Uh, but I've seen a lot of families where they do start off as children with their family members like going to mass. And then eventually it's like, let me just sleep in. And eventually it's, well, I can drive. I'll go later. But then maybe they don't go anymore. And right. no one's kind of keeping each other accountable. And then it becomes like a very loose, like, no, I'm not going to go this week. And then nobody goes. And then and then it becomes a domino effect. And I think that's the issue where the kids are not going to keep that together. The kids are not going to keep the foundation because they can't. They're not making no, the foundation. Exactly. It's the parents that make the foundation. Well, we were talking about foundation and, and, and in reference mm -hmm. to that Bible quote, um, it's also a beautiful song. I love it. But it talks about God saying, when the waves come. Oh, yes. Right? The two foundations. The, right. Yes. And if the waves <laughs> come and they and, and they slam against your house, mm -hmm. but if your house has no foundation, if it's built on like sand, sand or versus rock. Versus rock. Yep your house will not be able to stand. Exactly. Right? But if you have that strong foundation, the rock, mm -hmm. you will you will be able to withstand any storm. Listen, you guys, everything in the Bible has a has a mean a deeper meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And that that meaning is you have to have that strong foundation. And uh it's up to parents, guardians, role models to build that foundation for our youth so that when the storms come, mm -hmm. the world it's it's storming all day. Yes. They'll be able to withstand and their house 
will not crumble. Exactly. I have a I have a poster in my room that says, "Don't pray for an easy life. Pray for pray for a way. Pray for strength to get through." Because that's it's not going to be easy, yeah. Right, so it's not going to be easy going to. It's not easy being a Christian, and I, I know you've said nope. that many times. We've said that in our churches many times. It's not easy. We fall, you and I, right? A we million, I fall a million. We're times. not perfect. I'm yeah. not perfect, and just and as a theology teacher, is a lot of pressure too with like with that type of like oh being perfect and being you're in the doing being yeah. in the spotlight mm-hmm. and you know serving at church and yeah. doing youth group things. So I'm very cautious about how I present myself because even although I'm not a parent, I have people looking at me. Now this is not about me though. And I want to be very specific about that. I'm not, it's not about like, oh, I have a big reputation. So let me make sure that I keep that. No, this is about, I don't want to hurt the church right. because I represent Jesus. And if I represent Jesus, just like our parents, if our parents represent Jesus and they do something to take us away from God, which I could easily do something to take people away from God because I'm preaching about Jesus. Correct. You're preaching about Jesus on this podcast and yeah. other ways too, Kairos and all. And if we, if we're not modeling the right behavior, then we can be at fault Right. We can. And and I think, again, it goes back to we're not perfect and it's expected to for us not to be perfect. But we also have to follow in those in that way, too. And that in those footsteps. And God knows that. Right. Of course. And and, and you said a line and I'll admit it. I'm not. I've I've messed up a a million times. We know, Sean. I know. David knows, too. You know. Uh, (laughs) So another way they talked about was making faith part of your everyday life. Yes. At home. And and you Mm, mentioned this. Yes. you know, it's not about like, okay, everybody, today let's all gather around and talk about Jesus. Like, oh, I mean, it could a, be that. It's nice, right? But it shouldn't have to be like no, that. it should be like very, formal. It should be natural, right? Very natural. Yeah. You're sitting on the dinner table. You're sitting talking. Then, oh, Jesus, or the Bible, or the saints, or mm-hmm. yes. something about your faith, something about your day. Like, you know, oh, you know, I was thinking about this and I did this good deed because, you know, I felt the spirit. Something along that mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's try to make it very natural. And if you don't know what to do. Ask, ask people, yeah. right? Like, hey, how could I bring up faith? Google it, look it up. But make sure it's a Catholic site. But Google it and find out what you know. How could I keep my my you know my children, my youth more into the faith? Like, how do I grab them to be constantly reminding them mm-hmm. of that of the importance of it? Because listen to this: if 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 you have your children or youth, whatever, and they're or you're even yourself, remember yourself practicing for something important. You didn't just do it when, whenever you had a discipline, you were constantly at it 20, like, let's say for example, you want to work out, you want to lose weight, you want to feel more healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to go to the gym once, uh, once in a blue moon. Yeah. You're going to go all the time. Consistency. Consistency, right? Constantly doing because it's just something you're dedicated to. Mm-hmm. What's more important than our faith? Yeah. Nothing. Because I saw <laughs> Nothing. this, I saw this saying the other day, it says, we we prep for our life here on yeah. earth. We plan our retirement. Our, our we, trips. Our, our trips, our everything. Weekends, our How nights. much do we plan for eternity? Like, yeah. Think about that for a second. How much time do you put into planning for your eternity? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, when we were talking about this, Sean, I remember thinking back on a couple parents, with a couple parents I've spoken to, um, and how I actually have asked those parents, because they're very devout families, and I asked them, like, okay, you have teenage kids and middle school aged kids, like, how do you keep God in the center? And they say communication. And not just like, oh, let me know where you are, you know, at this time, this place. It's not about that. It's about, like you just said, communication and conversations about Jesus. Now, what that looks like can be different for everyone. So maybe it's not, let's all get around in a circle, um, but maybe it's just like, like you said, like, a quick thing of, you know, I prayed about this thing really hard and it can't, you know, God really answered my prayer in this way. Or maybe it's the opposite. It's like, you know, I really prayed for this and it didn't happen. Like, I don't know why. And, you know, having that conversation, I think, 
unfortunately, and I guess from my own personal experiences, um, and I've spoken to a lot of people talking about Jesus, God in general, in families is very awkward yeah. for a lot of people. And I think- Unless you make it. But so I guess as a, as a child, it's awkward if the parents don't allow that conversation to be part of their daily lives. And I remember when I was younger and my family and I stopped praying together. You know, when you're little kids, you're like, everyone, let's pray before we sleep, yeah, yeah. right? And then eventually it's like, we're gonna pray on our own, and which is fine, right? And we always did, my sisters and I. And, you know, eventually it was like, okay, then we just prayed our own before we ate. And then even like now it's like, okay, guys, do you wanna pray together? And it's like, wait, that's awkward. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll pray on my own. In? It's fine, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. We don't need to pray together. We're fine. Right. We're all praying on our own. You know, and uh, it's, we've grown, my as you know, my own family, we've, we've grown through the years with praying together. And it is always very like kind of putting that first step forward of like, you know, let's let's why don't we all do this? Like there's something really serious going on and let's pray this novena together. Let's pray the rosary together. COVID hit. You know, we're home. We're stuck home. Exactly. But it it starts with the parents to say this is this is something we're going to be that's that we normally do. Like this is something that's part of our lives as we get older, not just like when we were little kids, like, oh, we're just praying in front of the Mary statue, you know, just because we're five years old. I will say I have other some students in my class that when we're asking, talking about prayers or devotions, things like that, many of them, and they're like 16, 17, 18 year old boys. And they'll say like, oh yeah, my family and I, we pray this all the time. We do this all the time. We go adoration all the time. That's awesome. And I think that's great. And I think that's beautiful because eventually those kids will make their own decision. But like you said, the foundation, laying that foundation, you as a, as a father, you lay that foundation down and whatever your, your children do in the future, I'm sure you have your own hopes, right? But whatever they choose well, to do Well, one's going to be they, a matron, a bishop, yeah, exactly. and the other one's going to be, yeah. A monk, right? The other one's going to be a monk. 100%. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that conversation is so important. It's so important. Just like how you and I can talk about Jesus as easy as we can, yeah. it should be that easy in the house. It should be that natural. And, yeah. and you know, not just talking about it, but actually like doing doing activities. For example, something as simple as when you guys are all out and bowing your head in public mm-hmm. and saying grace. Yeah. You'll be shocked. People are like, I did it before. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing grace. They're like, wow, that's so awesome. You can, you're not afraid to do that. Afraid of what? You I've done the sign of the cross. Right. And like, people are looking at me like, Wait, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, I'm praying because it's worshiping the Lord, I'm thanking Jesus for. And then I've had people say, "Oh my gosh, that's so cute! You're praying before you oh eat." Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, it'll be really yeah, cute sure, when I'm in heaven cute. too. Have a good time. You know what I'm saying? I'll see you there, maybe. You're like, you want to join me? <laughs> right, but see, but that's the whole point. Yeah. If, if they, it's see not normalized. You, right, it needs if, to be normalized. But if they see you have that kind of strength. Yeah. it gives them strength. Yeah, not just them, but anybody. Or like, for example, uh, we were talking about it the other day, maybe volunteering. Mm-hmm, Going mm-hmm. to a soup kitchen. Oh yeah, do, that that what do you call that that peanut butter and jelly thing? Yeah, PB and J Ministries, right? Uh, our Lady of Good Counsel. Yeah, going downtown, that. passing out food. Anything, yeah, there's so many church, things. Right. Mm-hmm. How about, for example, uh, you know, something my wife and I were always talking about when the kids get a little older, instead of like buying them Christmas gifts, mm-hmm. we would donate and yes. tell them, like, hey, instead of you getting a gift this year because you have eight million yeah. gifts, <laughs> I'm gonna let you donate a gift. Yeah. Whatever you want, pick it out. But guess what? You're not gonna keep this one. We're gonna donate it. Exactly. And show them that, like, look, you. Think Think you have it rough, but there are people yeah. that wish for your life. Oh yeah, show them that, and sh- but but you show them that gi- you know, that giving, mm-hmm. right? Well, and that's the corporal works of mercy, right? Correct. And that's what God, that's what Jesus specifically in Scripture is constantly showing us to give to others, yeah. to be there for other people, to be generous, to give to the poor. When the I was of hungry, times. you fed me. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and that has to do with the 
Well, that has to do also with the people in our backyard, right? As Mother Teresa says, like, you know, if you want to, and I'm going to, I'm not quoting her directly, but she does talk about how, you know, you don't have to go to India. You don't have to go to Calcutta or any other places to serve the poor. You can serve oh, your backyard, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And our backyard is is everywhere. We, you know, we th- we think sometimes it's only Detroit, but it's really not. You what know? do you mean? We have refugees coming in all exactly. over the place. The Chaldean Foundation. Go and help them out. There's a million things you mm-hmm, can do. Mm-hmm. But there, all these things... You know, you have to take the first step. You have to take the initiative yeah. and do these things to show your to show your children, the, the youth, mm. that this is important. This is part of. I'm not just Catholic because I say I'm Catholic. Yes. I do things to show that I am Catholic, mm-hmm. right? But not not in a prideful way, right? As in a very no, 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 humble no. way. No, to not do like, it hey, for other people. I'm yeah. Post on Instagram and today. Yeah. Me and my kids volunteering. <laughs> no, you don't need to do all that. No, not at all. And 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 it, it happens, right? We're human, and we fall into those traps, and that's how the devil works. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, with our own intentions of, no, I'm really sincerely doing this because I love God and I want to serve his people. Right. Right. Like they'll know we're Christian mm-hmm. by our exactly, love. Exactly. Exactly. So, so another thing they talked about in the book was, um, you say communication, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But having that open line mm-hmm. of communication with their youth saying, so for example, you know, they're young. I, I still have questions and doubts. Mm-hmm. So I go to people that I know have the answer yeah. or that I can have that kind of conversation with. It's important to open that line of, hey, listen, if you have any questions, if you have any doubts, if you're confused about anything, let me know. Instead of saying, oh, don't say that or why, you know, yeah. just, no, you, just, you know, it is what it is. But having, like how you said, if you don't have the answer, get them that answer. Mm-hmm. But hey, mom, dad, or, you know, my friend or cousin, whatever, you know, I'm a little confused about this. I'm having doubts about this. What do you think? Yeah. But being that person that they can come to for those kind of things. Yeah, it is. I would say it's very, very wrong to push people away when they have actual questions. And their questions might be very like taking, you might be taken aback. Sometimes people are very harsh and very edgy with, well, I don't, I don't believe confession. I don't need confession because, you know, a priest and da, 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 right? And they have all these Do you know what priests do? Yeah. So maybe, well, the problem is sometimes when people come off that way, then other people respond the same way and that becomes the issue then you're not really solving any solving any problems. But if we're talking specifically about families and parents and whatnot, I think parents can be a little bit scared when somebody, when maybe their child has a question like, well, I don't know if I believe in this. And it's like, wait, no, you don't say that, right? Like you just said. However, um, I think it's important to be like, okay, why don't you, why do you think that way? Or right. why don't you, let's, let's call one of the priests. Let's talk to, you know, someone at church. Let's if you have a spiritual director. You're exactly. To a friend yep. that knows the mm-hmm. topic, you know, the subject, but we have that. to be welcoming and open to these questions because we're in the 21st century. People want to know why, like we just talked about. Right. And I'm constantly getting those questions in my classes and I'm constantly, you know, calling, you know, and messaging the priests or people yeah. that I know that have a little bit more understanding with certain topics that maybe like, I don't, I can't quite, quite grasp or I can't clarify in the best way. And, um, I'm always telling my students, like, I want you guys to ask, you know, I'm not asking you to be a skeptic, but I'm asking you to, if it's this, if it's a sincere question of like, this doesn't just doesn't sit with me. Right. Like, like okay, that's under- fine. Let's, let's sit with it. Let's talk right. about it. Let's, let's sit with it. Let me, let's pray together. I've prayed with my, I've prayed with my high school students and in a, you know, and I acknowledge like, is this awkward? Is this, you know, and they'll say no. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go to the chapel. Let's pray about this, you know? And maybe if you don't agree with 
what, what I'm saying and, and I'm always giving church, you know, what the church is saying, what right. the church is saying, um, I'm still going to pray for them. Right. And I'm still going to pray with them. And I'm going to ask for that open heart that they have. So that goes back to even the parents praying for their children, not just for their health, right. Not just for their safety, because there's, the life is way more important than just their, their health, health and safety. Their souls are 10 times more important. <laughs> and I know that parents yeah. are probably like, I don't agree, you know, and, right. and there were so many, there's so many times where I'm praying for people's souls more than their own health, because that's the scary part. Right. And I, we want everybody in heaven. I, I, I always pray when I, when, you know, when I pray about my sons or my daughter, mm-hmm. um, I pray for them to be pious people. I'm like, I want to be exactly. pious men because there's so much pressure put mm-hmm. on, um, you know, men with masculinity and all that stuff. And I, I want them to be able to, when they grow older to, you know, be able to still stand firm mm-hmm. in their beliefs, no matter what, what we're talking like, yeah. oh, you're so judgmental. We're not judging you, man. Yeah. I'm just telling you because I love you. This is the truth. If yeah. I really, truly love you, I'm going to, and that, that even goes to the parents. Like, it's none of my business. They're older. What am I going to tell them? Yeah. It's never too late. Yeah. Continue going <laughs> and telling them. Continue to tell them. Right. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like, I can't stop them. Yes, you could. You're their parents. Yeah. But, and you can guide, right? It's 100%. not even, it's not supposed to be forceful. It's just supposed to be a guiding no. and, and a constant, like you said, a consistent, like, this is, I'm praying for you and I don't know whether I agree with you or not. It, right. I still love, I still love you. And but there's goes, so many things. It goes back say. to that foundation. They, they probably most likely not, not every time, but most likely they would probably would never got to this point. Exactly. If you had laid down that solid foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So how about something? This is really important. Who are their friends? Yes. Right? And I know that's big in our community, right? Huge. Parents are always asking yeah. who their friends are and. Um, I think influences are a big deal. Oh my God. Big more deal. than, more than the parents sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because birds kids, of a feather fly together. Exactly. But if you have a friend who is telling you this over tax and your parents are not monitoring that yes. or whatever, you want to make sure that the friends, your, your friend, your, your, your kids. kids keep mm-hmm. are friends that will grow their faith as opposed to knock it down. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or teach them things of the world. You're like, Hey, hey wait a minute. I wasn't ready for you yeah. to learn this. Well, and there's, there's so much to say about this, right. And in in even in more of a secular way, even in a non-religious way of just influences in general. Yeah. Um, but if we're just going to focus on the religious aspect of it, um, I met a lot of my friends today. I met them th- through the church and we're constantly, we you and I met yeah, through the church. the church, but there, you know, there's a difference of, uh, when I call up my friend and I can actually be super comfortable talking about like God, right. And just bringing it up, bringing him up. And there's other people where I'm like tiptoeing around and it's okay. Right. I, I'm an adult and I can I handle conversation yeah. and brings, and I can still bring Jesus into the conversation. But if I'm just, if we're, if it's more of like, I'm having a bad day and this and that, whatever, I, I want my friends to be like, well, you need to pray for patience. You know what I mean? Or right. maybe maybe they're calling me out way. to say like, are you be, are you kind of overreacting? You know, are are you doing this? Are you doing that? But also bringing in God and saying like, let's just stop for a second. Let's pause. Let's pray. You know, let me like I'm gonna pray for you. Let's pray right now. Let's pray over the phone. And that's a big deal. And that's a for me specifically, it's a huge deal because. Um, this is, this is my life. Right. And if you don't know, if people don't understand God, it's, I can have a ton of friends and I do, and I have a ton of friends and I can say a lot of them are involved in church and have relationships with Jesus. And many of them don't, and which is totally okay. I have easier conversations with the ones it, that talk about you know, God. It's, it's funny you say that. And I, and I mean, I, I, 
this, this happened to me yesterday. Okay. Okay. So I was I was at a family wedding and it was a close family wedding, right? So, and they needed someone to do the grace. Okay. And they said Sean. <laughs> Sean, Sean, okay, come on, Sean. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> right. But then they they told me at last minute. And I'm like, what am I gonna say? Yeah. Right. And don't get me wrong, I was honored and I did it. But it's funny because, and you know this person, Delone, and I, I saw him and I was like, Delone, come here, come here, come here, come here. And that, so, Look how you connected. Right, yeah. right away. And I'm like, hey, man, I want to say this. What do you think? And him and I were thinking, he's like, bro, that's beautiful. That's exactly uh-huh. what I would say. I'm like, you sure, but nothing else you want to say? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, that's good. And so, But I have someone like that. you know, so I, Because I have, you trust him and you right, know. Because right? yeah. I know he's faithful mm-hmm. like that too. And mm-hmm. it was awesome to be like, hey, man, come here one second. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you this. You know, for someone that didn't, I'm like, hey, man, I was talking about God. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah, you know, just pray that knew, our father. <laughs> right. He knew exactly what to say. He's like, yeah. well, that's exactly what to do. And he goes to me, use the Trinity. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, God. And then the two couples, I'm like, oh my God, that's a great one. Yeah. And then we used it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's all about. It is. And I think, and if if we're looking at the high school level, right, for the youth in general, right. um, I think there are some kids that have families that are very faithful, but then they don't know how to bring that into their own friendships, right? Because of that awkwardness of like, maybe yeah. their families are not that faithful or maybe they feel, they feel, um, I hate to say the word, use the word ashamed, but it, it's the reality, right? People are ashamed of their faith and it's okay because they're kids and they're learning and they're growing in their faith and their boldness hopefully will come. But I remember myself being very awkward and insecure about like, okay, my family prays and I'm going to pray before I eat, but like, I don't want anybody, you know, we were just saying, I don't want anybody to so see weird. me. Yeah. yeah. And then there's other controversial topics that would come up when I was in high school. And I remember like, I would be like, well, I don't, I don't agree with this. And other kids would just look at me like, okay. And it's like, yeah. this is, I'm just going to shrink in my little chair right now you know but but that's so it's it's hard it's difficult and as a teacher I try to make Jesus very real in the classroom and not awkward and that means I can't be awkward about it right so when I'm talking about God in my classroom which I am every day because of the content however if I'm talking about a God in a personal way and I'm telling everybody like I, if you know me, you know, I love Jesus and I will, I wear it on my sleeve. I, everybody knows it and I'm not ashamed. And I know, I know those kids were looking at me like, wait, I, I wish I was like that. And not just say like me, but wish they had that boldness. That boldness. Cause I've had students, like I've had them, I had them write something down and one of them, like it was about like, what do you want to know or about this semester or something? And one kid, and it was anonymous, uh, but one kid literally wrote, I wish I could be, um, I wish I could love Jesus as much as you do. And he just met me that day. And you know, it's perfect because it just segues into the next thing I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you was, so mm, yes. with the youth and you see them all day and you, and you, you, you sort of said it right now, but are there, are they proud? Yeah. Like, do you, do you see our youth today to be proud or are they like how you said, um, has the world push them away mm-hmm. from their faith? Yeah. What do you see? That's so, oh gosh, it's so hard to give one answer. I will tell you this. Give me a few. When I first started teaching high school, mm-hmm. like high school level, uh, I'm not even youth groups. Let's just, let's say, because youth group setting is very churchy. Like you're in the church and just you kind of just assume everybody's on the same page. They're not, but the mentality is there, right? Going into a school, it was, I had the expectation of, oh my gosh, nobody's going to want to learn about God. Like I'm about to be, right. I'm about to teach high school theology to 18 year old boys that have one, have nothing to do about with Jesus. I was so wrong, Sean. I was so wrong. And I'm see, so glad. Do you see certain ones that like emerge that are, that are like more like faithful? Like, Hey, like I love Jesus. Like I'm proud yeah, of Yeah, I do. Like, and these, like these warriors of God. Yes. I will say the warriors specifically are the ones that I can tell have a very devout family foundation. Nice. Very, very devout 
family foundation, like their parents, I don't know them personally, but I can tell them the way they speak to me about their background information, things like that. Then you do have these other ones that are, maybe their foundation is not there with their families, but they're interested. Like you said earlier, they're thirsting. And I think having somebody, cause School settings, anywhere you go, just everybody's different, right? Influences mm-hmm. are different. People have different beliefs. Even in a Catholic school, all the teachers have different beliefs, oh, right? Yeah. And I think there are some people that are like, but I want to believe in this. I just don't know how to. And I think the I think people are proud, but I also think that social media, like we said, Man. the world in general, peer pressure, these things don't help. And when you do get down to the nitty gritty of things and all the, um, all on these retreats and I'm talking high school retreats. Wow. They just want, they just want God so much. They want them during those retreats, but you know, and, and listen, yeah. I've done a few retreats, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So few. a few, right. <laughs> uh, but it's funny because during the retreat, they're like on fire. Yeah. And they always tell them like, listen, man, this is nothing right now. Yeah. I want to see how you're going to be Going to the battlefield. Yeah. I've, had, I've had certain girls tell me before after they leave Kairos, like I'll see them like a, a year down. They're like, sorry, Sean, it didn't work. I'm like, okay. It didn't like, work? Yeah, like, okay. It's <laughs> so sad. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah. But, right, you totally missed it. <laughs> you, you missed know what the I mean? point. But I, I mean, uh, that's so... Mm. That ain't the point, right? Yeah. The point is, how does the saying go with the, the devil is like a hungry lion prowling around? Oh, yeah. For waiting. Souls, you're waiting, waiting for souls to devour. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys right now, anybody listening to this and you have youth, know that the devil is working overtime over oh to come gosh. get them. Especially now. Okay. And you see it in the world, the way the world is today, it just keeps going down and down and down. Yeah. That's why it's super important that you are there to combat that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that our church, if we're specifically our Chaldean church, is doing a beautiful job with trying to combat that with the youth groups, the programs, the retreats. But again, like you said, and we keep repeating this, enough. it's not enough. It's just not and enough. It's not the church's job to no, raise yeah, your kids. Yeah. It's your job it's to us, raise your it, kids. The church is there to support and to and build guide. up and yeah. to guide. But ultimately, and, and we can ask Bishop, you know, about the numbers of, of Chaldeans that actually go to mass and are involved and have a, are, have a membership in the church versus how many are in Michigan. It's very low. Oh, yeah. The numbers are very low. So where well, are all these other people, you know, and OK, fine. We have all these people in the church. OK, great. But how about these other ones? Like they're not coming to church. So do they have God in their life at all? What about people that even go to church? I don't even know what the, what yeah, the is going on. Yeah, there's. I just go because, you know, yeah. I, I want to go on Sunday. It's something to do or it's my obligation. Mm-hmm, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be an obligation. It's something that you want to do. Yeah. So what advice do you have, right? Do you, I want you to give us some advice. Being mm-hmm. being involved with the youth all the time, yeah. what advice do you have for parents listening to this, for uh, spiritual directors, for role models, cousins, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that are dealing with the youth all the time? So I think that one thing I always say to people is just, well, first of all, to know how much they're loved by God. Right. And, and I think once we realize how much they're loved, when somebody realizes the amount of love that God has for them, they recognize that there's a there's a relationship that Christ desires. And how do you hold up a relationship? Well, you hold up with talking, communicating, going to people's houses. Right. Um, being in, you know, having that connection. And if we don't have that connection with God, if we don't intentionally keep that connection with God in our prayer lives and our mass and confession, then, yeah, we're, that relationship is going to be non-existent. So I would say that taking Jesus with you wherever you go, 
whether it's graduation from high school, going on to college, leaving the house, getting married, having your own children, you know, wherever you go, right? And maybe you move away from your family and no one's keeping you accountable to go to mass or to pray. And so what are you going to do? Right. Making that intentional decision to say, I want to be I want God in my life today. Right. So I guess that's one advice for the I would say for the younger crowd. But for parents um, constantly praying for their children, I think it should be a constant prayer. And I know that our 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 communities are very devout when it comes to prayer. But I also think that having that communication and things that we already kind of said. Right. And not to be redundant here, but I think that it is very important to make Jesus a person in the family, that he's part of the family as a person, not just a religion, Mm -hmm. not just, this is just what we do. This is because we were this family and this is what we do. No, it's just Jesus is a person. He's part of our life. Right? He wants to be part of our lives too. That's what he came to be when he came, you know, in the scriptures, it shows like how much he wants to be part of every person's life. doesn't matter what race, what background. It doesn't matter, um, you know, rich or poor sick or not, you know, God wants to be there, Right. but we have to be intentional. I always tell people, God, you know, we always, especially in the church, um, with the leaders and stuff, we always say like Jesus, you know, the picture of Jesus knocking on the door and there's not a handle. And I remember one day when I found out later, there's no handle on the outside. Jesus can't open the door. Right. You have to open it. And, and I always say when you give God just a small, small, small crack, he will flood in, like he will flood in like crazy because the fact that we just open the door even a little bit shows that we have a little desire and God is going to, is going to take advantage of that small desires that, that we have. You know, it, it, um, it, you remind me of that song and I love it. It says that Holy Spirit one, mm. Holy Spirit, come, come fill flood, this place. Come yeah, flood, flood this, this place. place. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. So yeah. good. Alana, yes. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing with us. For thank you for having me, Sean. Of course, is my, is my honor. Um, it's my pleasure. Uh, I want to close the podcast, but before I do, I have a few announcements for you guys. There is a, and the only reason why I'm even bringing this up is because my man, Joe Stefan, told me to. I'm not doing it for Jeff or Pilar or any of them that are involved in this retreat or, or I'm sorry, men's conference. It's because of Joe and because he made a comment that really messed up Jeff the other day and I want to bring it up. He talked about Batman and using Batman as a superhero as opposed to one of the Marvel characters, which the Catholic Avengers love so much. <laughs> Are you uh, talking about Jeff Kassab? Jeff Kassab, 100% Ooh. it's him. Uh, and that guy, the guy, was that was Robin? Oh, I'm sorry, Pilar. Oh, 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 Pilar. The, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pilar. Uh, well, and, and, and Joe said, you know, he, we were, they're talking about the men's conference and all that. And they're talking about being a superhero, how Batman has, you know, a utility belt and all the powers he does. And they, they just lost it. So I love that. But, but about the men's conference, all the guys listening to this who are 16 years of age or older, come October 16th. And I want you guys to register for this way before that, obviously. So register right now, October 16th at Mother of God, okay, in the hall. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to, this is the third annual men's conference. It's awesome. I've been to one before. There's going to be two speakers. And if you're like, oh, are there going to be any food there? Yeah. There's going to be breakfast and lunch there. There's going to be mass. There's going to be adoration. Bishop Francis is going to do a mass. It's going to be awesome. If you want more information, go on ECRC's website to get more information. I can give you information right now about, um, signing up for it. It's $40. It's nothing, right? But it's it's at um, you can get more information and sign up for it at ecrc.us uh, forward slash men's that's with an s men's uh, dash 
conference. So go on there and do that. And um, I guarantee you guys, you'll love it. You'll see me there. I'll see you guys there. And we can talk about the right to be Catholic. And we won't talk about the other two podcasts, even though I will call them out. And I want you guys to listen to them because like how Jeff and Pilar always say, they need listeners, please. They barely get any listeners. So please go and help them out. And that other guy, uh, what's his name? The Salty Catholic. Please listen oh, that to guy. that guy. Ennis Castu, uh, right? Or if you're in America, Kesto. Uh, so go listen to those two podcasts, please. They're actually really great. I'm just messing with them. Like I always say, guys, and ladies, of course, remember to go forth with confidence because you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you and God bless. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.